Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to another episode of the Seaweed Spotlight for 2023. This episode is with Andrew Beam. Yep. Thank you to Seaweed for letting us have this opportunity, and uh, thank you for Andrew for joining us for a great conversation. If you enjoy country music, I mean real country, real country. music. Uh, this this is an episode for you, and you need to make sure you check out Andrew Beam. You can find him anywhere where you stream music. That's right. Andrew Beam, thanks for coming. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Have a great day. probably helped <laughs> maybe i don't know we'll see <laughs> no, yeah. you can move that up and down whenever you want oh you grabbed the one that's hang on yep my b i got it it's okay. all good hey man y'all y'all have the musician all i was day. gonna say yeah. i was kind He's of done all the before. people to ask how close to be i'm like i didn't expect it to be well, because the problem is man i'm like up on it when i sing yeah and that's just, true I think that's the best way to sing into a microphone. I don't know what the actual proper way to do it is, but I can kind of. I, I think yeah, I, I think whatever way is works for you is the right way to do but it. But I right? sing about ten times louder than I talk, so that's why I. Asked that's that. fair. Yeah, you got some pipes on you, Mister Thick Thigh, thick thigh Pipes. <laughs> <laughs> Busting all my rings. That's why I switched to Delta Sixty Eights from uh, Origin. All right, here's a plug. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> and for those who don't know, uh, in the studio for this uh, this episode of this the CB Spotlight, we have Mister Andrew Beam. That's all I have. <laughs> Thank y'all for having me. Yeah, no, he, uh, you were, you came on last year, had a, had a good time. We recorded actually at, uh, Abner Link Park and doing it a little different this year to have a little more control over the, uh, sound quality and, and, and our, our environment. Uh, we did, I think eight and like half of them had helicopters yeah. or, uh, they were doing all the demonstrations. The, oh yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was a lot. Yeah. We got good feedback from him. We got, uh, I'm sure you're listening you're, you saw some increase on listening. Maybe we, uh, we try to use your stuff in some of our song and our stories and posts and stuff. And um, there was one I did, and I put you in it, and I deleted it. And I don't know, I don't remember why, but I think it was uh, sometimes I'll post something, and then a couple hours later I get to drinking, and then I'm embarrassed by myself, and I'll delete it. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, actually. No. It was, uh, yeah, we were. What was that event we were hanging out at? I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I know why we fire. were there. 
forge of you know, something. Yeah, something like cooking that. Oh, here's fire. the outside cooking stuff. Man, I yeah. had this cough that would not stop. It was not COVID. It's just post-nasal drip. I got COVID <laughs> the next day. Though. Well, yeah. And so <laughs> I forget where I was at. God, I was either either way, wherever I was at, I checked my phone. You would text me like, hey, do you mind if I post this? And I was like, yeah, no, no big deal. And then you're like, by the way, I also got COVID. I was like, why'd you say that? Like, I, I don't have that. But you can post that. But then the, it said something about that. I had Walmart Law in there. And then I went to go share it. And basically, it had been removed. I was like, Yeah, I don't remember why I deleted it, but it, I got embarrassed about something. I it figured happens. I got flagged. I swear I'm shadow banned for some. It could have happened. I don't know. I, I, I post nothing but just straight music. So, dude, we're it's a weird show, Shadow Band, that we did a collab with a guy, Chief Mercer. He's a fire chief at Jim Beam. Yeah. And uh, which would be a cool guy for you to meet. And he um, he gets like seventeen thousand views per video, right? And so we did a collab post. It got like eight hundred views. <laughs> it hit it from all his followers, and then the next thing he posted got like no views. So we're so shadow banned that if you collab post with us, it'll shadow ban you. Yeah, sorry. I'm so confused <laughs> on the media's right now because everybody tells you what you're supposed to do, or hashtags in, or they sure. out what time of day you're supposed to. But whatever, everybody's heard it. So like for my lineups. For my schedule, I used to do, all right, mark your calendar, spread the word, whatever. Right, right. I've just started posting just the poster, not tagging anybody and nothing. I got 170 likes. Really? goes up faster. Which is still nothing compared to my overall following. Mm-hmm, and then right. I have people that see me all the time, man, when are you playing here? I'm like, yeah, I just played there. Like, nobody sees it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going back to, like, text messaging. Dude, that's the way to go. <laughs> Straight up text blast. You know, comedians do that. Burt Kreischer, they have a, I don't remember the app. I think it's called Community. But you sign up for it, and they will text you. And I'll get a text from Burt Kreischer if he's coming to South Carolina. I mean, he's not texting me. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, Which genius. is just funny because it shows up as a text from Burt Kreischer. And whoever I'm with, I'm like, oh, look, Burt Kreischer, or Tom Segura just texted me. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you have Tom Segura's number? Like, well, you know, I am who I am. But now that might be the way to go, man, to get, to look into that community account. I think things are coming back to boots on the ground. For sure. I sense that a lot, which is good, especially for, for what we're doing Dude, collectively. It's great for podcasting. Back whenever yes. bands and DJs had, like, street teams. Yeah, in town, you, and you would you would get these volunteers who were fans, and you would send them merch and stuff, and they would go around and put up posters and hand out flyers. Yeah, that's old school. Dude, I'm about to get a lose and get a staple gun. <laughs> <laughs> Just Andrew Bean posters all over town. Then now. I'm gonna go by CFC and be like, "Hey, you have some interns." You should. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah, you should be huge there. Have you ever reached out to them and be like, "Hey, I'm a product of your uh, schooling." Uh, no, no, so I, I, I did reach no, out I to Clemson. Clemson. That's what I meant. I did reach out. I, I did, though. I thought I was pretty ingenuitive on that. Their rings look similar, so I always get confused. Man, I gave a presentation to three classes to their marketing program. Our students were great. They they loved it. They are like, absolutely, let's get on it. So I had three teams of six to kind of like, this was last year, so to digest everybody else who's successful, <laughs> um, their, their social medias, and then basically be like, hey, here's an idea. Let's implement this, see if it works. And the professor completely dropped the ball. Uh. I mean, just if you could mess up a one house paper route, man, he did it. <laughs> and uh, the students were coming to me later on in the semester and like, hey, we don't know what we're supposed to be doing. Like, hey, we, we audited your social media and here's what you need to work on. I'm like, no, no, don't audit mine. <laughs> I know mine sucks. That's why I'm here. <laughs> um, so anyway, I hate it, though. Um, I need to probably circle back around. I didn't want to reach out to the university and say, hey, like this dude right here. But it's, yeah, it's tough. And I wasn't grading the kids. So I told them, I say kids, I'm like 21. But I was like, you know, I'm not, I don't want to tell you the wrong thing because I'm not the one giving you a grade. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If I get one follower, then as far as I'm concerned, y'all get an A. <laughs> this is the easiest <laughs> yeah. time ever. Yeah. But uh, last time I was there, so I'm headed back to Clemson next Thursday to play at TDs. Nice. Last time I was there was probably three weeks ago. I actually met a, 
uh, dude there drinking, and he was like, hey, man, how much for your Michelob Ultra tip jar? I said, well, if I had another one, I'd give it to you. And I'm yeah. going to find out. He's, uh, he's a marketing major, so I'm going to reach out to him and just be like, I, I think one person might be better than 18. Yeah, know, for sure. So, yeah. So the thing, too, with marketing is we've we've learned the hard way. It's like there's a lot of uh, street drug dealers, I'm going to call them, where they come in and they're like, we're going to do all this stuff for you. It's going to look really great. Here's a presentation with a bunch of words you don't understand. Yeah. It's a cool two grand, and we'll get you going. And we're like, man, I don't What I figured out is uh, a lot of these, like, digital marketing companies or, uh, you know, they, they're starting to go by more creative names now, like uh, – I've seen a digital brand ambassador, whatever, you know, you pick a, pick a name. What they're doing is they're utilizing these, these suites of tools uh, that they're purchasing from another company. And they're just running every company through the same workflow and audit process. And, um, it, it's not personalized. Right. And so every company, every brand, every person has to approach their marketing a little bit differently. And so the, we f- we have been you know I'm a victim of <laughs> handing over a large sum of money, yeah. assuming that we're getting this like personalized, tailored sort of you know marketing uh, service, and it's not at all what it is. They're just salesmen. They're trying to make their bottom line yeah. by doing that. They're pumping sense. people through, and so to find somebody that actually wants to work with you, I think that the move is to go smaller. Somebody that's starting out and wants to actually show you know we know what we're doing. Like a lot of these companies, they work. Say you work for. PGA or something, and they're like, they don't care. They have a marketing budget that's this much money, and they right. just throw it at it, and they go, well, sales are good, so they must be doing their job. Or that that wouldn't work for us. It's a wrong company. Right. And I think that's one thing we've learned with reaching out to a lot of these companies is they're probably too big well, and then to give all, us the care we need. And and, and also, we, we're guilty of creating a an image on at face value. If you look at our, our social media and especially most people look at Instagram, he does a great job with, with all the photos and, and all the stuff that you, you see on there. We have the website and everything. We look like a company that's got some chops. We're just, just two dudes, man. Still, yeah. It's two, two and a half, three years into this process. Still trying to figure out really where our, where our lane is completely in this. <coughs> you good? Yeah. Well. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and, and we, Miller Lite. yeah, that's <clears throat> what it is. We see that in these, Should uh, ultra. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson learned. Um, we see it in their response to us. It's like, you know, they, they talk to us and throw these big words around them and then it'll be like, yeah. So, I mean, we can get you these results like 15 grand. That's, 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 that's it. That's just, just 15 grand. Get you started. I'm like just, yeah. just 15 grand. 15 like, grand. what do you think? We, who do you think we are? A lot of money for us. Yeah. <laughs> And, yeah. and everybody I've talked to, so even the bigger companies, and I won't mention a couple that I know, but um, no matter what your game is, whether it's apparel or yeah. whatever widget you're selling over here, even the people who are at that level, it's the same game and the same results. So it's just, if you're able to afford that, it's yeah. really hard for them to quantify a return on investment there. Yeah. And I'm learning that a lot too. And then back to the ground game, I'm being told by a bunch of those people, same same way. Yeah, they're like, dude, we're going back to trade shows, shaking hands. Yeah, how we founded our company. I love that. You know, it's coming out of a weird time. So it is. It's a weird time because everything I think up until now was all digital, digital, digital because it was new. But I think people are missing that connection because some of the best things that's happened to us us, potentially at shows. Well, that and just meeting people, just going to dinner with somebody, and it's like, oh, I do such and such. Like, oh, really? You know. And so we we've gotten a bunch of collabs going. Just from we went to a restaurant and met a chef, and now Thursday we're it's a all said done it's like a $3,500 dinner which is crazy for yeah. a dinner you know we're bringing top shelf bourbon to it and all this stuff and it's it's a crazy pairing sample um, tasting menu and all that 
And it's like that wouldn't have happened through yeah. social media. wouldn't have happened through the internet. You well, had to go meet that guy. A huge part of what we found this company on, and it's the same with music, like what we're doing right now, being able to look at someone in the eye and have a conversation or look at a crowd, right, an, an audience, um, the camaraderie, the fellowship, like that's that's what the, it's synonymous in both the outdoor and hunting world as well as bourbon, and where they intersect is kind of where whiskey and whitetails exists. That's that's hard to communicate through a, a post on social media or through a blog article. You know, you can try and do it in a real talking, but what we're doing right now is really how you do it. Getting out and shaking hands and bullshitting for 10 minutes, even if it doesn't end up in you selling a product or anything like that, you create connections. And we've had a lot of five, 10-minute conversations that ended with a handshake, and they've come around to be some of our best customers. You know? Yeah. It's... Uh, you just can't do that on social media. And it's like Seaweed sees the benefit in that, too. I mean, that's why we're sitting here now. Seaweed, you know, huge company, massive reach. I mean, how many people come to Seaweed? It's more this year than ever, I'm sure. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> and so, like, they have you singing there, and mm. it's going to be good exposure for you as well as it is for us. But they see a value in us producing these podcasts and just talking to some of the people that are coming. And they had some that they wanted us to do, but we were mostly able to handpick it all, which is really cool, the freedom to be able to do that. Yeah. And uh, you, of course, were top of the list. Cool. Well. It was kind of, it's crazy looking back on it because we got introduced right before Seaweed last year. Yeah. I mean, like. Randomly. The, yeah, the week before. <laughs> um, so, But even that's a prime example of the real social network. Right. The shaking hands social network. Who do you network. know? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Um, so it's a beautiful thing. It yeah. is. Well, so. our previous, I mean, you walked in, our the previous guest that we had that we just recorded with, uh, he immediately noticed your ring. And within five, within not even five minutes, not only did you recall having met him previously, but you guys had mutual friends or connections just through going to school. And that's also from, so the game warden contact. Right. Yep. yep. Being a bow hunter. Yeah. That's the guy we mentioned. That's okay. actually like one of my biggest mentors, bow oh, hunting. There you go. Yeah, I mean, his son's the one who went to Clemson, so it's crazy. But, uh, but yeah, so thank you all for, for having me <laughs> at, course, the, uh, yeah. at the the high, top of the hierarchy there. I'm glad <laughs> to be back. And um, I know we talked about it the other day. Well, I say the other day, time's going by quick. Was that December? When was that? I guess it was December. That's yeah, December. Day. December. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm glad it all came back full circle. For so sure. To start things off, though, uh, I got some stuff for y'all. Oh, oh hell yeah. yeah! Well, first and foremost, I know y'all saw this. Yeah, we're excited. I'm gonna pull some glasses out. Got your own private label bourbon, huh? So uh, <laughs> I, I wish one day. I was just trying to get that Jim Beam hook up, man. So oh yeah, I might I know like, a guy. I feel like we got the name. We got the song. I know a guy um, that could put you in there. That would be great. Speaking of the social networking. Yep. Um, so so this bottle right here, Cantor, if you if you will, is my producer's brother in law and his wife made those. Surprised me with them. Nice. But I think it's the coolest. We need to start. I need to kind of get in business with them. Did you I get believe. a bunch of these? Yeah, I got a that's awesome. I say I mean, you know, four or five. Um and I give them to select people. I need to start contracting Michelle out to make those. Cause oh, these are for us? Yeah, that's for you. Oh, wow. Thank yeah, you. I brought that for y'all. Oh, oh cool, wow. Man. Cool. Thank you. Um, it is full of Jim Bean. It's, yeah. It's not anything. Hey, you know, that's what we do. We like Jim Bean. It's one of my, my after, favorites. After, 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 <laughs> after last week's studio session, I'm not sure that I want any of that right now. But I'm going to um, do a fresh pop. I might have a pour. Yeah, go ahead and do that. And then I also brought these for y'all. So last last year, I did not have a koozie for you, and I apologize. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I don't forget things like that, man. <laughs> Thanks. Try to be a man of my word. So those are new. Awesome. Brought Country you, ain't dead. Brought to you by Vapor Apparel, which is a Charleston-based company. Yep, Vapor hey. Apparel. We used to work with them. And Familiar with them. <laughs> speaking of boots on the ground marketing. <laughs> I love it. If I don't make it for the songs, we'll I make it through it. bumper stickers. There ain't no that pussies is. in the Hall of Fame. That's it, dude. <laughs> 
Dude, that's going to... That's great. I might put that on my truck today. <laughs> this is going on my safe at the house. Yeah. Yeah, so, so last year when I was talking to y'all, we had the EP Low Country coming out. And we had five songs. The second song that dropped called Finding the Line, is that's a line out of that song. Oh, okay. So we dropped the EP. We had a outfit, speaking of bigger outfits, out of Nashville that was handling RPR, and they completely botched the drop. Of mm. course. And in today's music world, I'm sure podcasts are the same way, too. The only way to stay relevant is to constantly drop material. Yeah. yeah. Which, as we all know, requires time and tons of effort and, uh, and everything else. And, and the big thing with song, dropping songs is playlisting. So whether it's country music now, new boots, Nashville's next, whatever the playlists are, yeah. you have to be on the forefront of that to generate spins yeah. and to get in the algorithms. So if you have a bigger company that's handling your drop, then you're competing with Big Machine Records and Sony. Sure. Yeah. Um, not Beam Country LLC. You know? <laughs> um, and I'm very proud of what, what we've got and everybody that's a part of the team, but it's, it's you really it's hard to compete. So the, yeah. the drop got kind of botched. So that's kind of our way of continuing to try to plug what we've already got out there. Um, so the, coming up soon, probably another month or so, we're actually dropping a cover of Dire Straits Money for Nothing. Oh, yeah. That's going to be nice. Good. Country version. I, I want my CMT. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so that's good. And then uh, we're following that up with a six-song EP called The Salt Creek Sessions, which is just myself and a guitar. No kidding. One new song in that. The rest of them we've actually already dropped. Okay. But it's to try to push traffic back to sure. kind of the, I don't want to say the botched uh, release no, but from I mean, last that's, year. It's a lot of hard work, and obviously yeah. a drop is important, yeah. so you got to. Yeah, yeah, and it's so artificial, man. I mean, and there's just so many people doing it, and so, you know, we just got to be creative and pivot. Is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is there a benefit in, like, I've seen some artists that will do, they'll drop a, an album, and they'll it'll show all 10 songs, but you can only listen to one or two, and then a month later, they'll drop another one, and then a month later, they'll drop another one. Is there any benefit to that, you think? My personal opinion on it, it depends on what kind of level you're at. I thought that just getting the product out there to the fans sure. was what needed to happen. Yeah. So that's why last year we had five songs in hindsight, or even the year before we dropped an 11 song album. Mm-hmm. I would have dropped one song every two months or at least one a month. Yeah. Instead I did like one or two and then boom, here's the whole project. Well, you learn a lot. Sure. <laughs> in hindsight. Yeah. Um, so when you do that, we just kind of put say nine of those songs at a commission because Unless they got discovered off the rip, right? Mm-hmm. Where do they go? Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, off in Spotify's little corner over here. Um, so I think for all intents and purposes, doing that makes sense to keep your fan base intrigued. For as sure. far as reaching new people through spins, like somebody in Nebraska finding Andrew Beam, sure. That's where putting the traffic to. You know, we have one coming out called "Ain't No Cowboy." That's a mm-hmm. new one, and uh, I ain't no cowboy, and that's a fact. I ain't no cowboy. I just like the hat. That's just a- <laughs> so, so there's the hook. Um, yeah. I wrote that one basically based out of Texas with my buddy Drew Dangerfield here in Charleston. He just moved to Nashville and uh, a couple months ago. But so you got to plug those accordingly. Yeah. And then while keeping the people who kind of know what you got going on, keep them involved as well. Yeah. And you're a traveling man, so you you get to you get to sing all over the place too. Yeah. And sometimes you wonder, it's like, Holly. I mean, I, this past since since we had the last podcast. I, mean, I put like sixty thousand miles on my truck. That's Ooh. what's up. And uh, pulling that, you know, seven by twelve windsock behind me, I get about eight point nine miles <laughs> to the gallon. Yeah. Um. So I've I've never played more 
met the coolest people and probably financially don't have any more than I started with, you know, but, <laughs> but you got to do that in small business to get to where you want to be. Yeah, for sure. And we've definitely had some really cool things happen along the way. Um, met some really great people and it's just building from here on out. As long as we don't have another catastrophic thing that takes me off oh, stage yeah. and I'm shaking hands, oh, we're good yeah. to go. I don't think that'll, uh, I don't see that. I don't see anybody doing that again. Hence the bumper sticker. <laughs> I, mean, I think, I think <laughs> everybody's right. kind of fed up, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not even about being one way or the other. It's just, all right, man. Well, yeah. yeah. Let's just roll on. You'll yeah. get so many years here. You, you yeah, there you go. You got to want to spend two of them in hiding. I told my mom we put that in a song. She said, that's terrible. <laughs> and I just looked at her and she said, but it is true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sometimes uh, so, truth uh, hurts to hear, as they say. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I wish I could claim that slogan right there, but Ronnie Pitts owns Charleston Concrete. He's a pretty prominent figure in, in Charleston area and in the, the Redfish circuit. He's the one that uh, that came up with that. So nice. I wrote that song about him. That's funny. That's it's awesome. A, it's a great quote for sure. Yep. The uh, uh, Where was it going? I lost train of thought. Uh Oh, the Nashville thing, because it seems like there's no benefit to you moving there because you want to stay kind of low country. But is there is there an like if this if is there ever a scenario where you would be like, looks like we're packing up going to Nashville? I think that scenario would look that direction if we signed with a major label and it was just there was absolutely no benefit of me not being there. Yeah. Um. And in the past year, we have definitely made some Nashville ties, met some really great artists out of there. And it makes sense to go there and play for me right now to shake the hands. And look, it's, it's no secret the industry's there. Yeah, yeah, that's why everybody's there. And I'm not just talking about guys that sing and songwrite. I mean, people who book shows. Yep. Management. Yeah. Everything that we're lacking right now that I feel like I beat my head against the wall. <laughs> sure. Trying to do because you, you try to plan something and then somebody drops the ball and it's like how, like how does this not happen? Well. The reason why is because the true professionals are in Nashville mm-hmm. sure. for the most part. I'm not saying it's not as a whole. I mean, I'm here. <laughs> right. But, you know, go there and play. So I'm still trying to do it my way for sure. But I think this next year definitely looks like more trips to Nashville. It's crazy the reach that you have here. Like you're I, – I know it's hard to tell. Like for us, we have no idea who listens or what. But it's like, you know, we, we see kind of some response to it. But there's a couple of people that we associate with on the regular, you being one of them. And we'll get, like, our DMs will just blow up. It's like, oh, are you doing something with Andrew Beam? When, when's the next thing? Are you going to be at this show? Are you going to do that? It's like we get a lot of, I don't know if we're sharing people, but I'll find out that you were places. And I'll be like, why didn't you tell me that, like, he was going to be there? Why didn't, you know, because I know you're not going to tell me every time you're going to go somewhere, but it's like, why, why didn't you tell me he was going to be there? And uh, and they're like, you know, I I wanted to, but I figured you guys are just so busy. And I'm like, no, we're never too busy to support, <laughs> to support friends. Like, yeah, it's it's the reach you have here is crazy. It's like everybody knows who you are. I mean, every time I bring it up, it's you know somebody's been to a show you've been to, or they follow you on Instagram or or whatever. Um, but it's wild that the world works that way because the promotion side of it, I don't know. There's like a weird disconnect. I don't like I don't know exactly how to explain it, but you know what I mean. I'm like it's 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 huge, but it's at the same time, <clears throat> I don't know. It's odd. Well, for, for what it's worth, I appreciate that because that makes us feel feel good because <laughs> we definitely – it's not – I mean, I say I'm doing it all as far as booking my own shows and, and dealing with accounting and all that. And as far as titles go, yes, I mean, that's pretty much it. But we have – I mean, it's still – we have other people in our corner. Clearly mm-hmm, sure. push. I mean, my producer and guitar player, Joe Taylor, I mean, works his tail off. Chris Cox sells my merch. Um, so we have a ton of people who are constantly like, hey, you know, you need to get Andrew Beam, Andrew Beam. So – 
far as I'm concerned, that goes back to the name saturation. So how do you grow a brand? Sure. Get people to ask questions about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you're obviously going to catch flack from anybody. You know? Sure. I mean, everybody's got an opinion. Like Jamie Huff always said, man, if you, you ain't got haters, you ain't doing something right. That's right. He told right. me that the first time I met him. And I was like, what, man? I'm not like that. Now I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> True words never been spoken. Um, but we have, that's a very small percentage. Of we have our share of haters. Yeah. And, and for, <laughs> back to the Nashville thing, though, for what it's worth, man, every time I go there, I have a great time. I mean, with everybody, everybody yeah. there's like, dude, anytime you're in town, come crash on the couch. Uh, you know, we need to write together. And once they find out, they're kind of like, man, so you're not in, you don't live here. Like, no, man, I'm, I'm in the low country, South Carolina. They're like, and you make a living playing music. And for the most part, like, do you keep doing what you're doing? Yeah. Um, even though it's kind of hard, it's, it's kind of like the grass isn't always greener. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's yeah. always going to be another battle. Sure. And uh, I actually got to go, I got invited on the duck camp tour. Nice. This past December. That's with, gonna do well. Yeah, cool. with Nashville guys. So it already happened. So we went to Real Foot Lake. Man, had yeah. an absolute blast. Real Foot Lake's a cool spot. Yeah, we, yeah. We, man, we, those blinds are, are insane. Wild, wild, dude. You get the yeah. cookie dinner and shit for breakfast. I, 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 the <laughs> first night we or the first morning we cruised up there, and uh, you know I made sure to get something to eat before we left, assuming I was gonna eat some cold snacks or something at lunch. And uh, I remember sitting and, and we're watching the sun come up. And, and our, one of our guides is calling. It's cold. It was colder than shit that, that morning, man. Um, we actually took a trip into town to buy additional clothes because we didn't bring enough. And I like I found some old weight, like old uh, coveralls in a closet at the Airbnb and, and like took them to wear <laughs> the next day. But I remember sitting there and we're watching the sky. And I hear that tick, 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 tick of somebody starting a stove. And I didn't notice the stove because it was dark when we walked in. I turned around, this motherfucker's cooking biscuits and getting yeah. bacon ready. And I was like, I looked at him, and he's just like, back on the camera filming. Dude, we ate like two or three good meals, man. Yeah. It was wild. So I, I, I kind of accidentally wound up at Real Foot. So the way this whole thing came to fruition was I played a show in Augusta, Georgia, mm-hmm. and opened up for Tyler Farr, Craig Campbell, Jared Neiman, Cody Webb was there, Lewis Bryce, Murphy Elmore. I mean, it was a, it was a big bill as far as an amount of artists go. Yeah. And Murphy Elmore's manager, Taylor Lightcap, was like, dude, you know, I had a Migra hat on. And that's also been a new thing in the last year. Very fortunate we teamed up with those guys. Cool. They teamed, they decided to bring me on and kind of boots on the ground. Um, there's a walking billboard, which has been awesome. That's the best. I, I hunted with them in Texas, sure. man, for teal. And yeah. just that outdoor. I mean, that's a dream come true, right? I mean, yeah. all dudes hunting fish. So anytime <laughs> I can. Uh, extend that network and just meet really cool people and ultimately do a job is, is yep. the best thing ever. So Taylor saw the hat, started asking questions, and basically was able to kind of make everything happen with the Duck Camp Tour and them. And we were supposed to go to Arkansas, and I don't know what happened. Something fell through on the outfitter end. So we got moved to the other half of Duck Camp, which is Jody Chapel's um, parents or family blind there at Real Foot. And honestly, I like that better. Yeah. Because we got to see how he grew up duck hunting. Yeah. He's yeah. like, man, this thing, you can just tell he's just you know, eating up with it. Sure. It was great. The boat ride out there, you got to run these cane poles or you're oh, yeah. in like a stump field. Um, their buddy Coop, that's what they call him, Coop, high outdoors. This is Instagram. He cooked for us the whole time. And they, that joker right there, he's, I don't know if you know who Max Avant is here in Charleston, but he is the Max Avant of okay. Tennessee. Not and the surrounding area. Dude, he made Nashville hot fried chicken biscuits for Ooh. us. Oh, yeah? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was <laughs> that crazy. That sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. That's so, the move. Which but anyway, it was, it, was, it was crazy. There was a TV in the blind and all yeah, that. Yeah, so it's wild, man. Oh, they had a TV. We didn't have a TV. Yeah. Right? We had the red, <laughs> had we had heat, the redneck version. The heaters, though. You know, it was like yeah. like heaters in the wall. And uh, it was wild listening to them talk about the drama, like, between, pl- like, placement and where they go each year and, like, feuds. And yeah. 
like who people, owns what? Who owns what? Like you know, it's crazy that was a town, and then it, there was like an earthquake or something, and it flooded. That's where all that came from. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah. why there's stumps everywhere because that was all like Sto- forest stories. The story how that lake formed was really wild. It, it had to do with with an earthquake and it, it uh, changing some uh, flow of the river, and it, it was just pretty wild. I think I read it in a. There's like one restaurant in this town. We it was were, in a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. The the, the area of the <laughs> lake because it's a huge lake where yeah, we were yeah. hunting. Um, there was this one little like diner restaurant like down the road, and they had history of it. It's the only thing to read in the place. <laughs> so, yeah, it was like a typical you, something you'd find around here. Yeah, yeah. That's not not in Charleston, but you know, outside, like oh, yeah. somewhere up where you're, where you're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Would you? Uh, did you get any ducks? We killed a couple that trip. I mean, a couple every day, you know. But I really, I wish I could have stayed one more day because that's when that extreme cold front came in. Oh yeah. So when I rolled out, which also didn't realize that that was the busiest travel day of the year, two days before Christmas. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That was fun. I wasn't <laughs> thinking. I had ducks on my mind, man. I was like, I'm going to kill. And um, anyway, so the, they were getting their ice heaters ready and everything. And it's you know, those decoys stay out like season round, except when it freezes over like that. Yeah. Everything's on a generator, so you literally plug, you flip switches, and all your motion starts on the mm-hmm. decoys. They yep. had everything. Yep. I don't know if y'all was that. Oh way. yeah. Same yeah. way. So they had ice heaters in there, and literally he called me the next day, and Jetty's like, dude, we have an eight-man limit. No way. I was like, oh, one day early. <laughs> you know, but it was crazy. I would have gotten in a lot of trouble. If yeah, I, if you'd stayed. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. My, my Benelli blew up, too. That was fun. Uh, so I've only shot an M1 Super 90 Benelli. I've had it since I was 16. Yeah. And was killing ducks. Went to reload. And I looked, and I was looking at my hand through my barrel. And I was like, what the heck? The barrel lug or weld broke. Oh, wow. Oh, no. shot. Yeah, so I got him. We'll send it to Rob Roberts. I think I have him do it. You should call Benelli and be like, hey, man, I was making content using your shit. Yeah, I, I was going to uh, just to send it back, see what the warranty was like. Then I started thinking, um, I don't know if y'all are familiar with Rob Roberts, gunsmithing in mm-hmm. Arkansas, but he, check him out. It's pretty cool how he can take a shotgun and just make it perform okay. <laughs> in ways you wouldn't think he could. So it's like 60 bucks to fix it. Oh, oh really? yeah. And by right. the time I ship it international back to Italy sure. or wherever, I mean, I was like, man, go ahead and Cerakote it. Do the force and cone thing, all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then meanwhile, the guys we were with, this is going to sound like a Ford Chevy debate here, but <laughs> the guys we were with, with Magra back in Texas in September, but we were actually with Beretta. And Dakota will be here at Seaway. So I have to introduce you all to him. Sure. I called Dakota from the blind. I said, hey, man, my vanilla just failed. Um, you got a Beretta <laughs> over there you can send me. So um, I called him on, that was literally the Thursday morning before Christmas, and that gun was literally in Charleston by Tuesday. No shit. Wow. wow. It was crazy. Tell us more about Migra. It's the the best shotgun show in the world. Yeah. Quite frankly. I mean, it's for, for waterfowl. I just want to know why. I've ever had. It's a stack load. So you, you basically, it hits hard, it's fast, and you've got multiple pellet size for anybody that's not familiar with the stack load. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, turkey season is now kind of what my sights are on. Uh, word on the street I heard is there might be a turkey load, but I don't know enough about that at this point. To, that's cool. To, you know, I don't want to get anybody excited or say the wrong thing. Yeah. So, um, but Migra, man, they're, they're a South Carolina founded company. Oh, nice. They're oh, based right here in Charleston. Oh, really? I did not know that. And cool. it is the hippest thing in waterfowl. And I knew that. Uh, it was actually a backyard party I was playing, man, and I met the CEO of the company. And it wow. all started over boots. Yeah. I was like, man, I like your Tacovas. And uh, first person I talked to was Mark, and <laughs> he said, uh, "Yeah, man, I built their store, and you know we got talking. So, you know, what are you doing here? I, mean, I just play guitar. Yeah, and uh, we we had lunch later that week, and the rest has been pretty cool to see how it's, how it's worked out. And I'm very fortunate, man. That, yeah, because um, those guys have <laughs> they're doing it to it. That's cool, man. Are those Tacovas? These are actually Tacovas. I like them. These I are, can't wear them. My feet are too wide. 
man, these are limited edition ones that I wish they would run again because they're snip toe. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like on stage it's the best look. But I'm going to beat the living heck. I mean, I already have. These are like two years old. I don't know how they're still here. They look at what, what material is that? I mess with people and say they're common carp. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at them when you came in. But they're python. Uh, but, funny. man, imagine I they're, they're if, if I could get some, like, koi boots. I want some oh, bad. Shit. Like orange and white, yeah. Clemson, snip toe, mm-hmm. scales on stage. Yeah. I think that would probably boost our following right there. <laughs> There'd be some pictures taken out so of So many DMs. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I want some fish boots bad. I like the um, – is it uh is it carp the big fat ones? Yeah, I th- yeah. yeah, yeah. I want I want some of those bad, but every time I find them, they're in that narrow platform. And I got wide feet. And I don't. I, I assume they make. I don't know. Do they make carp boots? I don't know. They probably do. I mean, there's. I mean, I, I think they boots out of everything. Yeah, <laughs> I, I figured so. Yeah, but that would be sick. I have to look into that. I would like to have some python. I have um the ostrich. But I can only wear Ariats because they're just real wide in the foot. Yeah, in the same way. And I don't have a hookup with boots. I wish I did. I just love Tacovas because they are comfortable. And I wore yeah. Ariats before. Um, but they are making a wide square toe in these now. Are they? I don't know about the Python, but check out their stuff. If There's they a have store a wide square toe. Yeah, we want to go work with them because they, they sell whiskey in there. Or they Ooh. give whiskey in there. Maybe we and should I, do like a happy hour. I think it'd be fun. We should definitely do that. You play and then I'll... Uh, yeah, we could talk, answer questions. Just come in for a Q and A about bourbon, and we'll just answer your questions. Everybody wants to learn something. That'd be cool. I'll do it for a pair of boots. <laughs> right, it's the same. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, so that, that's how the migrant thing ultimately started out. And uh, like I said, just looking for it's, it's wild how you want to talk about real networking on that. That's the coolest part about not only what they're doing with manufacturing shotgun shells and and the science behind it, and it really does. I mean, it knocks them in the in the mud for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just the the real marketing on that. I mean, you got guys who are, and I, I'm kind of a jack of all trades in the outdoors and master of none, certainly. Um, but those guys that are with them live, breathe it, and that's just not in South Carolina. So when I was at that duck camp tour stop, there was a dude that walked in, like, well, buddies with the guys I was hunting with, and he had a migrant hoodie on. I was like, man, how'd you get that? He was like, oh, I met Mark last week in Maryland. And we're in Tennessee, <laughs> you know, oh, wow. and I was like, dang, man. And, uh, so, but me and Hunter Stevens, his name, man, we hit it off and it's just kind of crazy how, you know, we're sitting there like, well, what are the odds of that? Yeah, no kidding. That I, I'm only on this because of a show I played in Augusta, Georgia, and it was all because of the hat. How long have they been around? I want to say like three and a half years. Yeah, maybe. they're pretty new then, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. dang new. But so I mean, that is pretty random. You meet somebody that knows them. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it, well, I say that, but they're, it's either people know who they are or they have no clue. Yeah. Either it's like, dude, awesome, like, where'd you get that from or whatever else. Yeah. To, man, I shot those last, like, last time I was in the blind. That's all I'm shooting from now on. Or they're like, man, what is that? So they have a problem with their, I will say, because we have the same issue with our marketing looking like we're not, we're a little, a little like we're bigger than we are, but I saw you partner with them, and I'd never heard of them, but their marketing and their images are so good that I was like, uh, how have I never heard of this shotgun shell company? And I was like, they must be huge, you know, it's like you don't, yeah, they're small, up and coming. I mean, they're doing well. Obviously. Yeah, yeah sometimes, sometimes you hear, especially in the gun and ammo community, yeah. these little small, like I, I hate to use the word boutique, but like specialty load. Right. It's like they make shit that safari hunters use, and nobody else knows about it. But then that's, when I when you said that, I was like, oh, I've just I just can't afford micro stuff, so I've never, I've never heard of it. <laughs> I know it's, too. So it's uh, <laughs> y'all need to get if you can ever track down Drew 
you need to have him in here to. Yeah, we'd love to basically love tell to. the story of yeah. how he how he started it. We'd, I'd love to meet him. I'll um, make the switch to a Charleston ammunition company. Oh, yeah. for sure. It was it was cool because he I, he said, "Man, I just sitting there one night. I said, I'm gonna make the best shotgun shell in the world. It's affordable. Yeah, and you know yeah. which it's <laughs> man it performs too. Um, but their their branding is on point. And um, oh yeah, now Wade Shoemaker's doing all that. I don't know if you're familiar with Wade yep. or not, but he's. He has invaded my algorithm. Something terrible. <laughs> I can't just guess. Like on X, boom, he's there. Yeah. Like sound gear, boom, yeah. he's there. Turtle box, there's Wade. Um, so yeah, and he, you might see him lurking around this weekend. Um, yeah, I saw um, somebody posted a story, or he maybe he did, and it was something that made me. I was led to believe he was going to be in Charleston this week. I think he's going to NWTF, and then he's coming here. Yeah. Um, but Wade is the top notch. Like, so he was in Texas with us too. Yeah. And uh, man, he's he's the man when it comes to. Because he's the real deal. Yep. Yeah. He knows what to shoot, how to brand it, how to do all of it. And yeah, he's that's what's funny about people. A lot of this, this outdoor industry is like, in most industries, like, for instance, like TikTok, you have these flash in the pans that come up and they have 30 million followers overnight. But people, they do the same thing all the time. People get tired of it. And the hunting industry, I've noticed when people start, when they take off, they're around for years, mm-hmm. years and years and years because they never stop learning. They're always doing something new and it's all new stuff to do. Um, but like, Especially in the competition shooting stuff. I mean, we watch videos of this, that guy that's like, he's like in his seventies, oh, world's yeah. fastest, uh, you know, fastest oh, yeah. pistol shooter or whatever. He does like four rounds on target in half a second. See the Smith and Wesson guy? Yeah, I think yeah, he yeah, I oh, can't. Yeah. Remember, I'm always bad with his name. I, and, I remember growing up watching him on mm-hmm. out, you know, yeah. the outdoor channel or whatever. But yeah, it was insane. It's wild. Do you, you ever go to any events like that? Don't. I don't. You should look. I would love that. to. Yeah. Do you, do you do you play this like I'm gonna do where I can make the most money, or do you ever look at it like this is just be a cool spot to go? Cool spot to go, honestly, but it's it's more to do with you know. Uh, there's we're kind of at the point now. It's a tricky question because you got to pay bills, right? You got to pay bills, and there's only so many days that you can do something. Exactly, yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that. You know, yeah, there's you, only a certain amount of weekends in a year, and it's very rare yeah. that I get a Monday or Tuesday show, right? Yeah. So. We've done a, I think we kind of found that balance because, you know, when we first start out, I mean, you got to play everywhere. You got to do can. everything, yeah. And I played a lot of places last year, but this year I definitely got to get smarter about doing exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um, which just leads you to it's one of those things that doesn't feel like work, right? Yeah. That's what <laughs> I want. It like, turns at, into something. At what better. point does it come in? Uh, it's, it becomes work and it's not. Because I know it was enjoyment and probably a lot of frustration while you're. That's what everybody tells you is like, as you're growing, enjoy it sucking. Yeah, because one day you're gonna be like, man, I I miss when it sucked. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's funny. I I feel like ours got a little bit prolonged just because of the, the the recent events in the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah. We have only been doing it a little bit over four years too. And uh, but yeah, you, you started to blow up right when they were like, no more shows. <sighs> yeah, I, I, I look at Chris though. Even now, we're like lugging speakers, which is a thing that anywhere else. I mean, South Carolina is one of the only places I know that venue wise they don't have house sound. Yeah, or stage. Yeah, I go, I go play in Nashville and. Some people even have, like, in-ear, not just, like, the actual transmitter, but they've got, like, the packs, and you just have to bring your headphones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. So you roll down the street with your, your guitar and, and literally your, your headphones your in-ears, and, and you're ready it. to play. Yeah. Versus here, like, not I... Not just play, but play... It, what, and sound in, better immacu- than you immacu- ever have. Immaculate sound. Because somebody's yeah. running it the whole time. Uh, and so here, you know, I started out in my truck, now I have a trailer, which it's like gas doubled and fuel economy yeah. went to a third um about the time we did that but i'll look at chris and i'm like man remember we had to load this in the truck because we had to do it for a show not too long ago because of parking issues and i was like i don't miss this <laughs> you know i won't ever miss this <laughs> but it's kind of funny but we're still now we're like golly um we always laugh how we're gonna have like midget roadies <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
just how awesome would that be? Just, just carry roll up. Like, hey, man. Yeah, so they're not even coming to see the show. We're coming to see his roadies, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> roadies and bumper stickers. How, uh, do you have to be very obvious that you're that you're taken, or or do the roadies get out of control? Wait, re- rephrase that. Like, uh, like the people that come to the show, and just I'm sure you you get things thrown at you. No. Women. Oh, I got you. I, got, I was like, I'm confused. I got you. Yeah, I'm tracking. Yeah. I was like, we don't have midget roadies yet. I know, I know. I know. I was reading the future. Um, yeah. Because you got to play into it a little you bit. Do you got to be sexy. It, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, it helps It helps your brand to seem available. Yeah. Look at Riley. <laughs> Riley <laughs> Green, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, man, I, I think social media probably plays into that a little bit. Um, and you do. I mean, it's, it's a fine line. But I will say that there's... From my crew to the crowd to anybody, like I'm the most faithful dude. Oh, because yeah. I've got the best one there is in the house. Oh yeah, you know, same way. Um, and she keeps me in check. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somebody has to. As they do, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I and I feel I try to do. I mean, what you see is what you get with me, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's pretty black and white, and I'll, I'll talk about it. I mean, I've written songs about Caitlin. You know, I mean, we've been together now over six years, so it's um obviously a, a massive part of my life and, and influence sure. and everything else so i think it comes across yeah i mean you still have people that you know whatever i'm like well here, here's a t-shirt you know? yeah thanks for coming yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah caitlin and andy got along because they andy was telling me that they said something and they're like we both have the same job like keeping him out of trouble because it's like it's all he wants to do is get in trouble yep. and i'm like i don't really want to get in trouble but it finds me somehow. <laughs> I think it's because we, we're, we're both, uh, we talk a lot, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> Start running your mouth and it'll lead you places. Not necessarily Usually women just way. get yeah, in trouble. Yeah. 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 Kate was like, let them go. They're trying to walk off. You won't stop talking. <laughs> Dude, it's usually my wife saying that. <laughs> they're, they're trying to leave. But I will say without getting, I don't want to get myself in trouble because there's nothing to get myself in trouble over. I just don't want to seem like I'm coming across a certain way. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I will say that before covid People were definitely more brash and upfront about things. Oh, I'm sure. Um, and it's starting to come back around along with everything else, just people acting and being normal humans. Sure. But I think that that whole, like, it's the weirdest thing. The best way to describe what I'm trying to say is I'll go to a college town and there will be a guy and a girl sitting across from each other and they're literally Snapchatting back and forth. Yeah. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Ike. I can't imagine going back to college now because I talk too much. Like, yep. I would deter every single female that I came right. in contact with. Because yeah. I'd be like, hey, how you doing? They'd be like, uh, uh can you send <laughs> me a text? Weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want to, like, Snapchat about our feelings from, and just not <laughs> act like we're not even talking here, you know? So it's just it's strange, though. So yeah, I guess I guess in short, it's I can definitely remember when things were a lot different. Sure. Um, but, I mean, it's, man, you got a guitar and. Yeah. That's just one of those things. Well, I mean, every time I see you play, it's like every urge in my body not to come touch you. So I figured that I'm not the only one. Dude, okay, was not looking. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So how did you get hooked up with Seaweed? So Seaweed, like I think back, um, I believe that, and this was my knee jerk, but I had to just stop myself for a second. I believe it was Shelby Risher. So she worked for Seaweed for a while. I believe she's moved on to live golf now. Okay. 
but Seawee was, and this is kind of crazy how this works, back to networking. Um, Shelby is the wife of my good buddy, Martin Pageant. If it wasn't for Martin Pageant, I wouldn't be playing guitar for a living because he ultimately introduced me to my buddies that own Tina's Trippin' and AOP Prosthetics and Orthotics. And that's a whole other podcast about <laughs> I played on the back of their boat and I locked somebody up for felony BUI, literally the slip across from them, unrelated, and we became like family. I mean, to this day, I mean, they're one of our big sponsors. Wow. Um, so if it wasn't for that night, I might still be a game warden in Charleston. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, ultimately, if you look at it, I would not know who Trip was if it was not for Martin. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't know what Seawee was. I mean, I knew what it was, but I would not have had the end there, like, oh, we should try to get you to come play here, Um, to, all right, well, now this is our, our third year playing it. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, so that's because of her. Well, then, <laughs> flash forward, I'm in McClellanville with a bent rod, and Brittany Livingston's like, hey, are you Andrew Beam? I just got to come say hey, because we have a mutual friend, Shelby Risher. Yeah. So that's how we ultimately met. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. So, yeah. So Yeah, we met through the Livingstons, and uh, it's funny how many times he comes up. We just had a conversation with Bearcat, and then the, they were like, oh, yeah, we're trying to, yeah. yeah. Like, we're trying to yeah. do this uh, deer loin, because we have a mutual friend that's got deer loins. Like, he comes up a lot. That, he does. That's a very prominent and in today's, group of fellas. In today's people. world of just, like we were talking about before the, the show, is just people dropping the ball and people that suck and all that. Man, you cannot say anything bad about the Livingstons. No. Matt and Brittany are such good people. I mean, yeah. just just all the way around, man. I mean, it's it is a breath of fresh air anytime yeah. you get to mm-hmm. hang out with them. It's usually it's a good thing when you have friends like that because it's like anyone they want to introduce you to. You know, they're probably salty or good people as well. Yep. And it's and it's like I'm. It's that's one of the first things when they introduce me to people. I'm like, well, that means they like me, and I like them, and I think they're good people. So if they like me, and so facto, I'm good people. There you go. Just, <laughs> just kidding. I had to bring it back down. So, but no, it is crazy. I mean, it, uh, even just like you're talking about that network right there of their <laughs> friends. When I play up and down the coast in South Carolina, it always comes up. Especially if I like find somebody's certain age group, when I'm like, you know, such and such, and usually about third, if not before the third person, then yeah, I can find common ground. Yeah, and usually Matt's the one that comes up. It's a small world for being how big this area is yep. but it's it's like i think it's the the inside thing like the folks that have been been here for a while or support the community actually care about yeah. the community as opposed to people just move here i it's it i i think you find this in any big city and i, I hate calling charleston a big city because when i moved here i've only been here for it'll be 14 years this year it, it's still a good size you know town but it, it's blown up as, as we're all aware right but you have i think you have charleston and then you have Charleston, right? Yeah. And for those that are listening, like there's, it's the inner community. It's that inner, you know, people who, who are familiar with and know the network of people that are the lifeblood of this town, the people that are running restaurants, the people that are involved in entertainment, the people that are involved in hospitality. That's what, that's what Charleston is founded on. That's the foundation of, of Charleston. And so it's that inner circle um, that I just, I think Matt and I were kind of talking about this the other day. We just repeatedly find are just good people. Yeah, like it's just there's there's turds everywhere, but we very rarely do we do we run into people locally that are just not nice. They're willing to collaborate, find something, find some common ground to work on. Um, and I'm sure I'm sure you found this too with with growing music. But like we we're trying to focus more this year on just growing growing our brand locally, like Charleston. We want to saturate this area as much as possible. And I think if we do that successfully with that inner circle and, and then the, those networks that they have, it'll grow naturally. What I've always said it too, even 
no matter what, what it is, whether it's you know podcast, apparel, or music, is that there's so many because Charleston, as much as we hate it, is a, is a growing place. Just as far as the network goes, there's so many ties to Nashville. Yeah, here. Yeah. I obviously haven't run into many of them, yet, but, you know, like, but, but they're here or whether it's Hollywood or yeah. it's just a matter of time. And it's the same thing goes with y'all like name saturation. Boom. You yeah. flooded everywhere. It takes one person, one person. Yep. And you know, I love that exponential boots on the ground growth. Uh, like I used to always tell people I need to go back to re, uh, I guess kind of reinforcing this. You tell one person, tell 10 of their friends and then tell that person to tell 10 of their friends. Yeah. You and, could even do it like on social media, like make a post for like, mm-hmm. do me a solid. If you're a true supporter, reshare this. It's true. Just reshare it because then how many people that follow them and see their story? I mean, there's yeah. days like our story is crazy. Sometimes it's 200 views. Sometimes it's a thousand views in our story. I mean, it's wild. So when, when I see it ramp up like that, I'll start grabbing, I'll, like I'll repost you out of nowhere. That's what I'm doing. There's, I'm getting a thousand views, thousand views. I'll yeah. just start supporting people. It's and so then, unpredictable. If, if, if we were paying me to manage our social media, I would have quit a long time ago. It's frustrating. It's, I couldn't do yeah. it. <laughs> it takes a long time to look at it. But one thing I've learned is collaboration is everything. If you're scared of collaboration, like you're, you're not going to make it, especially down here. Like you right. have to just collaborate. And I know for you it's difficult, but like you should offer those Monday, Tuesday gigs. Like, Hey, I'm discounted on Mondays and Tuesdays. You got an event on a Monday or Tuesday or you just want me to come play at the house. You know, it's a, you know, whatever. It's a good Avenue as well. Um, Sit in the corner, play acoustic, and hum. Because for us, weekends <laughs> is expensive. If you want to do something on a Thursday night, I got you. Yeah, we'll or, do it. We'll do a pretty good, pretty good price for that. Or honestly, man, just I need to get better because I, I, either I'm not here because usually like Wednesday or Sunday, it's a travel day. Yeah, yeah. Type deal. I'm trying to get better about a work life balance this year. Oh, for sure. Because uh, man, Caitlin needs a medal. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just never, never home. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not that it's going to get any better, but it's like there's a little bit of that kind of where it comes back to. Are you doing this for the money? Are you doing this for do you really want to be playing at this place? Because yeah. as long as I'm not going under, then it's like, all right, I can afford to take one weekend off. Yeah. Sure. So I've, I've taken a little bit more time off this year, probably more time already this year than I did the entire year last year. Yeah. On the flip side of that, if I am here, well, granted, I live in McClellanville, so it's kind of out of reach. But if there's an event going on, I just want to come hang out. Yep. And just shake the hands, doing because I don't – I mean, I play real country music. Yeah. <laughs> Take that for what it's worth. Sure. But I think that, that talking sells my music way more than my music sells my music Yeah, in a lot of ways because people can well, relate to like, dang, this guy's not just. Yes. I mean, yeah, I can hear this song and he's singing about hunting fish and loving every day, but um, I, man, we hung out with that dude. What does he sing? Man, I can't even tell you, but I want to support him. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, I'm not faking it. I mean, um, I, think being, I think that would help out. Yeah, being relatable is huge, right? Like you can listen to stuff on the radio or on your phone. And you see these people on TV, but you never, how often do you get to reach out and, and share a drink and just shoot the shit about life, right? And when you just show up to a, even a place you're not playing just to hang out and talk to people, that um, that just makes you more accessible. You like can get you it seem, appearance pays. Yeah, you seem more, it just makes you seem more, yeah. We need number one for that first. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I like the way I like the way it's going. Yeah, you're trying to thoughts going good. It's on the checklist for sure. Yeah. But no, I, I agree with you. And that's kind of where, whether it's, so, do y'all know Joey with Tecton Game Calls? Yes. So, I, um, as soon as I saw that, I was like, good for him for, he never supported us with our game calls, but it's good for him for sporting. <laughs> Golly. It's all good, man. I don't care. I, I, don't, I got you. I don't, don't worry. I don't care. Yeah. So, <laughs> you um, can't double down on another game caller now. 
know. You got to stick with him, man. Don't worry. No, no, no. That's not. I mean, I'm here to support everybody. We'll get you a turkey pot call, and then you can use it. He doesn't make this. There you go. Yeah, we got you covered. We'll get you a pot call, and you can use it in the field. And I'm with you. Done. So, Joey was basically we're talking about speaking of turkey season, having some kind of and man, he's he's the number one about supporting like music's the worst. I feel like as far as. Oh, well, you know such and such. Like, oh, Matt Green plays guitar. Like, oh, well, well, I know Andrew Bean kind of deal. It's like, man, it's, that's the worst yeah. mentality to have. Like, yep. collaboration's key. Yep. And professionals appreciate professionals. So, I mean, that's one of the first conversations Joey and I had. He's like, dude, like, I'm friends with everybody that yep. makes calls. Like, we have to be. Yeah, and, he's cool, dude. Yeah, so yeah. Um, we're talking about doing some, I don't want to say seminar, might not be the right word, but just some some fellowship gatherings. Yeah. Like Wednesday or Thursday somewhere, whether it's Rivers and Glen or whatnot, and just – you know, have have a pig going on, and uh, yeah. whether it's somebody talking about calls or, or just genuinely just fellowship with outdoors. Yep. So I would like to get into to more of that on top of the bigger shows that we got coming up. We're all in on that stuff too. We I started a cool. veteran cigar night just for veterans. Law enforcement as well can come. Uh, first responders, but the point of it is not because everybody wants to stick their little charity hands in it. And I work with charities. I'm not talking crap about charities, but the real fact is a lot of them have a an angle of paying themselves. Yeah. And so this is non-charity related. This is nobody pays any money. You just show up. But if you could find a way to do that where somebody donated the space, somebody donated the pig, somebody, 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 mm-hmm. uh, because they're involved, not because they're looking for a write-off or they're looking for an angle. But if you could just get like-minded people to bring, everybody bring mm-hmm. something and get together once a month, I, I think the fellowship that will come out of that and the business opportunities too, especially yeah. when you get, business owners together. I mean, people just start coming up with ideas. Like we want to do, and I'll just say, we want to do, I'm not going to go into specifics. We want to do an event mm-hmm. and um, yeah. you're on the list for what we want to do, but it's like, we want to split it in half and yeah. do on each side. And it, and it would be and that, like-minded. It, it would be like a, like a seaweed, but not as big, obviously, but obviously not as big at, at, at first. first. At first, good go. vibes, uh, but entirely focused on those two industries, right? And and kind of where they like we were like I was just yeah talking about earlier how those things meet and um, and a stage on both sides that'd be awesome. But uh, local, like I wanted yeah. it, like so like my grow be perfect. You know, there's there's you could do it locally with local stuff and make it work. I mean, think about all the outfitters here. Think about the small distilleries that are mm-hmm. here. Think about I mean a local combination of the two because we're all the same people. If you're if you're into if you're into real country music, you probably hunt. If you hunt, I damn sure know you drink. Right. So it's like it's like we're all the same mentality. Yep. Yeah. It's uh the two the two worlds come together so, sort of seamlessly. Uh, music just makes it all better. It's fun to listen to his music and go, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and on top of that too, I guess back to the the question you, you posed earlier about the money versus where you want to play. I don't want anybody to get that confused with. Do you play music for money? Oh no, no, because no, that's thinking that. But where I, where I'm headed that that way though is, as a songwriter you, in in this crazy world we live in, especially you do it for a living, you better be thinking that to some extent. Sure, you got to write something that's commercialized, but people feel. Yeah, but like Josh was saying on the podcast, he podcast ago, he's like, man, when, once you get to where you're going, like you're, I guess your your body and your soul has to be in the same place, right? Right. So it's very easy to forget why you play a guitar. Yeah. Or why you write songs or whatever else. So same thing with whatever business you're in. So I think that an event like that would be a very good thing to just kind of let people 
wipe the egos away. Yeah. Right? Like, hey, we're here for what it actually is. Yeah. yeah. Which is like why we got back to doing this, yep. you know, and where we can go forward. And when once you have that, adopt that mindset, then next thing you know, it will be huge. Yeah. You It'd know? be great to be able to do it without social media. Like, you can't bring your phone in here. God, that'd be cool. Wouldn't but, it? you know, you'll never grow that way. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> well, why was there only four people? Yeah. <laughs> yes. But it'd be cool to be able to go. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, it's always cool when somebody brings up another podcast on our podcast. Or like our po- another episode. On, anyway. Um, yeah. I think that's a very important thing that he said about how, you know, you build who you are as a human being. But who you are as a real person on the inside, that it's it's different. Yeah. Like you become who you think you should become. And then one day you find out, why am I doing all this? Like you got to go back to your roots. Like what was the root reason I started doing this? And it's and we do it all the time. We constantly yeah. check ourselves. We'll go back and listen to episode one, two, three. And then we're like, shit, we're way off for what we said. Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, that's part of growing, right? You you find yourself, whether it's as a musician or an artist or, or, or a business, you know, maybe you take a you know, a side path, you, you try a little something or you realize that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm deviating a little bit from why I did this to begin with. It's time to reel it back in. And that's just little reality checks. We do that as a company, but I think as men, we do that as well. Um, and we're talking about getting away from who you are inside to, to fit something that you're, you're sort of forced to become because of your surroundings. I think as, uh, I know for me personally, like as a, as a father and uh, like, I've made decisions and I look back on those decisions and go, I did those because it was a necessity to help me better take care of my family. It wasn't what I really wanted to do. It wasn't true to who I would like to be, but I, I took, I accepted the job or I took the promotion or I did the thing because it was not best for me, but better, better for the people I'm responsible for. Uh, but it's, I think it's important, even if you're going to make those decisions, uh, for whatever priorities you have, it's important to at least be self-aware of the fact of that of what you're doing um, and correcting where you can. And it doesn't have to be as serious as taking care of family. Uh, just being true to what the fuck you enjoy doing, right? Because if you're not enjoying playing music, the, you know, money aside and, and, and making a living aside, if it's not fun, then what's the, what's the point? Right. Right? So, rem- like you said, remembering why you play guitar to begin with. And the ability to distinguish... It it's, it's, comes back to that detachment thing. Yeah. What's growth and what's veering off course to satisfy what you thought growth was kind sure. of deal. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I think finding that, that happy medium between there sometimes. I mean, it's like yeah. somebody that I always get <laughs> – I'm sure I'll get this till till the, the day we're signed. But, um, you know, well, man, what's going to happen when – when somebody comes up to you and puts a check in your face and tells you to wear skinny jeans and sing pop country. <laughs> and JK. I'd rather not – do it to be honest with you um you know but at the same time like i'm there's that there's that fine line between looking back and going like man i listen to my old stuff and i cringe (laughs) and it has just me personally because i was so green to doing it i talked about the thing this last year honestly to y'all was like man that was that was game warden beam singing that um even as a songwriting aspect of things you know as as a writer you're like man why the heck did i do that yeah (laughs) i I, should have should have done it this way or you look back at certain things in the same way. You're like, dang, that was maybe I was onto something right there. Sure, even though I didn't see it. Um, so, but yeah, but at the end of the day, as long as you make a living doing what you love to do, that's it, man. I think that's a big thing, and it really comes down to surround yourself with that support group of really good people. Yeah, who are the same way. Absolutely. That brings you know? me to a question. Like, do you ever look back at stuff and and because, uh, like, for me, 
I was talking about earlier, like sometimes we put stuff out and like I'll, I refuse to watch stuff or I don't really listen to our podcast or put them out. And people bring up stuff. I'm like, man, I don't remember. I was just having a conversation. I don't, I don't remember we talked about. But there's times that I'll listen to a podcast and I'll get halfway through it. And I'm like, I can't. I'm an idiot. I'm not going to listen to myself anymore. So, yeah, I, I edit them and I have a very hard time listening to myself talk again. There are times where I look at the, I just pause it and I look at how, like how long I talk and I know what I discussed in that portion. I just fucking skip it because I cannot listen to myself <laughs> talk to me. I just can't do it. Is it like that with you? Because you have to keep replaying your stuff all the time, but it's, is it, but you're, you're playing it. It's coming from a heart. It's coming from a different place. You're not listening to a recording of it over and over again. But when you, when you perform, is there ever a part in it where you get that feeling or that's something a singer songwriter doesn't really have? So maybe I'm just strange, but I love performing over the studio any day of the week. For sure. It's probably like what we were talking about. Looking somebody in the eye. Yeah. You're an entertainer. Back the it's kind of like the social media thing, which, you know, live didn't used to be as much this way. So not to contradict this, but in the studio, it's there. It's yeah. recorded. You're hearing it. The difference in what we do is that I'm listening to three minutes and thirty seconds of me. Yeah. As opposed to I mean, I, I, the, y'all's ability to go basically fluid from point A to point B <laughs> and hit all the awesome stops in between is a very <laughs> difficult thing to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's the fact that you can keep somebody's attention for two hours should definitely say something. It's not it's no different than a show, but like a song is one thing, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. I listen to, it's almost the, it's the same concept, a little bit different, meaning that like I'll hear one note that I hit. And I'm like, why did I sing it like that? Yeah. Nobody, it goes by so fast in other people's minds. They're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. That one consonant that I, you know, <laughs> that <laughs> my twang yeah, yeah. <laughs> brought out just right, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely, yeah. And yeah. It's, it's one of those things now I think I've heard it enough to where it what? doesn't, it doesn't phase me anymore. Yeah. I, I would chance to say that now I can listen to what we do with pride. A whole, I mean, a whole lot better than. When I first started out, I was like, dang, do I really sound like <laughs> There's probably a different, like, it's a completely different mindset. When you're in a studio, right, you are you know that you're recording. You know that you're there, there's a level of professionalism and maybe even perfectionism that's, that's kind of maybe the elephant in the room. Like, no one's going to come out and say, this needs to be perfect, but or, or your very best, uh, but why else would you be in the studio, right? As opposed to when you're performing – you're going to maybe let a backup singer or someone help you out on a part. You may let the crowd sing a part. You may miss a note. It doesn't fucking matter. As long as you're having fun and the crowd's engaged and having a good time, they're not going to notice anyway. So a little bit of that stress goes away, and you're focused on just having fun, right? I mean, is that wrong? Is that it, It's definitely two different versions of, I don't want to say performance anxiety, because I feel right at home on stage. Yeah. Unless I'm singing, like, the national anthem or something like that. <laughs> don't, don't feel right at home. <laughs> Chris Stapleton killed that, by the way. God, God, oh, yeah, my yeah, God, that was insane. Um, cheers to him. Yeah, <laughs> but, but uh, I, I when you have somebody like myself that's constantly lives in your head. Yeah, when you're singing on stage, it, it kind of goes out the window. You can see that, and you revert back to to what you know best, which is that's how this thing got started was singing live and playing, and I can just you have immediate feedback from. I can tell right now you're like, yeah, you know, whether it's you're telling sure. this guy, dude, you check this out or whatever it is. You know, you, you just tell somebody's in the zone versus in the studio. There's nothing. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know. I get that. Um, and, and it is too. I mean, the perfectionist thing probably has a lot to do with it. I've found, and I don't mean this to sound bad because I don't need alcohol to sing. 
but basically it's I found that three liquor drinks in in the studio is a sweet spot. Yeah. I say all the time, who you are as a person is three liquor drinks in. I really? say it all the time. Th- yeah, we, need, we need a bumper yeah, all sticker. All the time. Three whiskeys in is who you really are. Who you really are. Bumper yep. stickers. <laughs> telling you. Bringing back street teams and bumper stickers. <laughs> I like oh, it. I love it. But no, it's true. And, and it was weird. You, have y'all ever listened to uh, Coke Cane and Rhinestones? Yes. Okay. So there was a thing in there about George Jones, which I'm not comparing myself to in sure. any way, shape, and form. You know, I love his music. He sings way better, but I like to think I have my stuff together a little more as a person. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maybe. But, but. There was a point where it talked about his producer. I don't know if there was a quantity on it, but basically he knew when he was in the zone. Yeah. And there was the fine line between going too far. But sure. we've kind of found that line. No pun intended on the song, find the line. Right, yeah. But, you know, to know it's still there, give it time, see if I still care. Yeah. And that's that's what's in the song, meaning, like, they, at some point, just you got to rock on. Be yeah, com- yeah. Be confident. Yep. And, uh, and, and do it. But, but, yeah, so usually after dinner, three drinks in, gets me in that live zone. Nice. And a lot of people still are like, man, y'all's live show is just next level. Um, you know, like nothing wrong with the Spotify stuff. Sure. Um, but, you know, it's just one of those things. That's it, It's 100% me. You know, it, it's it's right. the, the difference in, in feeding off energy. I love the live shows. Like, I, I haven't gotten to see as many times as I want to just because you're a hard man to find around here sometimes. But And I'm, we're <laughs> busy as well. But, it's all good. But it's like I absolutely love it. And I'm excited for the CV stuff. But I, I get it too when I'm doing classes. You know, it's at first everybody's on their phone, nobody's paying attention, and it's kind of frustrating. And you're trying to get going, but it's you're noticing that, you know, because you want you can't be rude and be like, "Hey, I'm doing some up here." Not only that, but you paid to be here, so you just keep doing your thing, just head down, notice the grindstone, you just keep going, and then there will come a moment where I'll stop talking, and the room's completely silent, everybody's staring at me, and I'm like, "Oh, I got them now." And, and then it's time. It's time to bring out the guns, bring out the juice. And, and I know you see that on stage. I've seen it at your you're at a show with you before where you end a song quickly and then it's quiet. And then people start talking again. Then you start playing up and you see them turn back and look at you again. And it's, it's like magic to watch, to be able to, you're not, it's not mind control, but it's pretty damn close. Yeah. And, and it's strange that even at the next level, because obviously we cut our teeth, a lot of solo shows just because price point or where we're playing. Sure. But it's a whole another level of that at the band level. And my producer, Joe Taylor, is very good about creating that drama, as he likes to say. So a lot of times when we come on for full band, it'll be like three songs back to back to back. And I talk a lot, clearly. So <laughs> it's uh, he's like, man, let's just play a couple through. Kind of yeah. like, boom, here's who we are or whatever. And then I do like explaining songs because there is a whole other section of country music that fan-wise wants to hear that song. Yeah. And that's what relate. That's what draws them in is, is the sure. personality, um, which is the reason why we're doing this upcoming EP as well. The Salt yeah. Creek Sessions is it's kind of back to just myself and a guitar. Um. So, but on the next level of those shows, I mean, that's all that stuff is engineered. You know, yeah, yeah. There's a reason why this happens here, or this point's made, sure. or whatever else to grab people, and you can you can feel. You know, and it's it's a big thing as we get to these bigger shows. You kind of see what works all over again. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I know it works pretty good solo. I don't have a script. I don't have a set list or anything. I just go and do it. Um, but band wise, you got more moving parts and you have sure. more potential ultimately. Right, right. You know, Definitely. It's fascinating. Yeah, we're, we're playing a Beaufort Water Festival this summer. That's going to be, I've always wanted to go to that, but I've never gone. It's, uh, can you get to it without a boat? So, not the sandbar party. That's actually oh, okay. not Beaver Water Festival. Everybody calls it that. I thought that's, it was. That's separate. So, there's actually a, it's like a week long festival downtown oh, okay. on the waterfront. There's a huge stage. We 
we usually play, or we used we have played one time as a full band headliner for the Low Country Supper on that Thursday. Mm-hmm. This year, we got fortunate enough that we are opening for the National Headline Act wow. on that Saturday night, and I, there's like ten thousand people there or something. Wow, awesome. man. So, and I don't know who's headlining. I think last year maybe it was Rodney Atkins. Wow. So it'll be a big, big very national cool. Act. Yeah. We're gonna have to find when, a way to get tickets. To that. Yeah. When will they announce that? I don't know when Not they're announcing. I care. It I'm, should, only, I'm gonna come oh, see you, and then I'm leaving before the main act. <laughs> so. right. I, I care though too because I won't announce it now. Um, I don't know. I know the show is July 15th. Okay. Yeah, July 15th. So, but we've July got a. Uh, yeah. I'll write that down. I'm looking forward to turkey season. Y'all got big plans. Uh, so I have. We have a charity dinner uh, April 22nd, which is my birthday. Cool. Um, and then, and then after that, I'm flying to Kentucky. Um, my drive. I'm not, I haven't decided yet. But I'm taking, last year we had a guitar made out of bourbon barrels from our buddy Trevor. Yep. Um, he does guitars and cigarsfam.com. And uh, farm, not fam. And uh, he sells cigar stuff and he, he writes on our blog. And, and it's cool with the marketing side of that for backlinking. So it backlinks to his site. And then these cigar companies will backlink to his site and our site. It's, it helps generate a lot of traffic. Um, it's a very important part of marketing that a lot of people don't know about. We should do that for you. We'll throw a page up on our, you know, backlink. Backlinks are important. That's what, how the, like, SEO works. Um, science, anywho. Science. Science, yeah. yeah. I'll do it for y'all, too. You should not do it. Yeah, I'll show you it. <laughs> it's just really, you, people don't even have to know it's there. It's, you can hide it in the coding. It's Anyway, another day, another time. Um, so, yeah, the guy that won the raffle for that guitar, he also won a turkey hunt with me and the guy that runs the When Life Sucks Charity and... So we're going there that first week of April, April twenty third. That's all I've got planned for turkey hunting. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hunt my ass off <clears throat> locally. I didn't turkey hunt one time last year. It was just too busy. But um, he shot his first turkey last year. I did. Oh, awesome. nice. Yeah. Heck yeah. I, I took was him, fished in the spring. I didn't really hunt. Yeah, I took I took him out hunting, and he didn't shoot. Or I didn't shoot anything, but uh, we got in late, so we just did some running and gunning, just trying to listen for calls. It was kind of windy. And I was like, you know what? Let's just sit down. So, like, you know, turkeys, like anything else, prefer path of least resistance. They like to travel roads and things like that. So we set up on a, uh, on a just sitting up against some live oaks on a where a couple roads intersect. And we just sat there and called, you know, let 10, 15 minutes pass by. And, and sure enough, um, a young Jake and a couple of hens came through. And we got some video and footage of it. But it was his first time. You know, you don't realize, you see him from a tr- from a a deer stand most of the time, right? You don't realize until you're sitting on your ass at eye level with him that that's a big fucking bird. That's a big animal. <laughs> and uh, it was his first time seeing him kind of walk around and creep around like they do. And uh, I, I, th- I think it, it was cool to watch the conversation. Like, because uh, we, we sell turkey calls <clears throat> made out of burn barrels, but they, uh, he would chirp or scratch or whatever. And, and you'd see him like kind of poke their head around, like, what, what's going on over there? Let me go check that out. And then they, they kind of call back a little bit, and then you're having, like, a conversation with them, which is crazy to be able to talk to nature. It's, yeah, it's I have no idea, no idea yeah. what I'm saying to them, obviously. Yeah. But uh, you know. <laughs> We hope we're saying, hey. Um, but, yeah, you know, we're yelping back and forth and just clicking and, and hearing them do it in response, trying to get in a little excited, trying to figure out what – what because the, you know, they hear it, but they don't see it, and uh, it was just fun. And then so the, not even, I think, two weeks later, he sends me a picture of this – Massive, big, big ass Tommy shot. Yeah. I was like, "Fuck yeah, man, that's great." Yeah, Sweet. I went out to Kentucky with another charity camp heroes named Rocco, and mm-hmm. uh, and as soon as we got in a little late, and the sun was kind of coming up, 
but as soon as he shut the truck door, it's, oh, you know, it's on. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. How he was like, get down there as quick as possible. We got down in the blind and he set it up. So it looked like the hen was fake. We heard where he was. So mm-hmm. we faced the hen the other direction and a Tom kind of behind her and just sat there. We called. He came in a fight. So five Dude, he minutes. He running, running. And, I yeah. filmed the whole thing. Yeah, he came in cool. running and, um, it literally like you could not like, I don't know, bone collector or whomever like, uh, Woodhaven calls, Whiskey and Whitetail's calls, could not have written a more perfect, like, TV script. Yeah. Like, got in, called, and literally running around, the, like, it comes up over the hill, just like... Yeah, flaring up. It's so funny it's to, my see, heart to see their emotion about it. Oh, when yeah. they're pissed. It's just like... <laughs> head down, a, the beard's going. Such oh, yeah. a fucking it's angry awesome. little bird. For, for, what do you have set up? Uh, let's see... So historically, the last two seasons I've gone with Ronnie Pitts opening day, and I've doubled up with my bow and him the last two seasons. Nice. So that's been a good one. I I really dislike the, the turkey jail phase that TNR is an actor where you can only kill one in the first like yeah, it's so weird ten days or eight days. So uh, and then my plan right now is to go from wherever I go opening day to Manning, South Carolina. So a buddy of mine that does Breaking Daylight is his Instagram. Uh, he's a good buddy of mine. He's got the guys from Sons of Fall. I don't know if you're familiar with, with them or not. They do, like, I, TV production. I was going to say, I've I, think, heard that name before. I think I've heard the name. So, Sons of Fall, um, if I'm not mistaken, they're out of Maryland. Um, okay. But, anyway, we hung out last year with them, and I was already in Turkey Jail, so I just got to play guitar and drink a couple Is that beers. federal? <laughs> turkey Jail's federal? No, I mean, like, when I say Turkey Jail, uh, meaning that, like, you can only kill one bird. So, yeah. you get three tag in South Carolina. Yeah. You can only kill one in like before April first. Yes, yeah, so if you go out oh, opening day you. and you you get a tom the first day, you can't shoot anything for Until April first. Yeah, you gotta wait. Uh, okay. Yeah, you can call and you can be there, but you can't you can't pull the trigger on one. So good thing y'all told me that now. Yeah, but, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would have been in the first rules of turkey hunting. But but, but if you it says it on the tag, so oh. you'd be fine. But yeah, because I read uh, those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, but if you kill one, say you know March thirty first or thirtieth, then yeah. you just have to wait till April first. Um, but I'll likely be in turkey jail. If history repeats itself, which is not a bad place to be, but yeah, still, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like, man. Um, so going to that Sons of Fall hunt there um, in Manning, hang out with those guys. Then I've got two shows. I play at Edisto that Friday night and Beaufort that Saturday. Okay. So if anybody's out there listening and needs a wayward country music singer to either shoot or call in a turkey, let me know. <laughs> if I am in turkey jail, I do have rod racks in my trailer. So nice. I've always ready to bass fish wherever I go. <laughs> yeah. We learned that lesson last year. Yeah, Chris, Chris and I were somewhere, and we got to go fish. And uh, man, bass fishing is my number one thing. By yeah. the way, like okay. living down here, obviously I'm I've been out the game for a while. But sure. growing up, it's time like a walk. That's what I did. Um, and I do the same thing for saltwater inshore. So yeah. trout, redfish. I'm yeah, yeah. I'm the redneck out there throwing a spinner bait, and you know, <laughs> it works, right. man. Dude, um, I got a perfect place out by you for bulls. Really? Yeah, you got to have a boat to get there. Doesn't need to be a big boat. I've got a flash boat. I could take us out there. Cool. I got a perfect spot. Well, we need to, uh, when it's a little bit warmer, take you for topwater trout. I'm down. I've always thought I've red, never done topwater trout. I thought redfish would be my, my thing when I got down here. And I was going to be, I fly fish for like freshwater trout. <laughs> if I'm on a stream, I won't be caught dead with a rooster tail, son. That's, uh-uh. <laughs> People have been drowned for less in, uh, in Natahala. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, so growing up when I was, Probably five years old, I started fly fishing. My dad's always done it, tying flies and everything. And it kind of, in my opinion, social media kind of ruined that for for me, for what I re- remember growing up as fly fishing. Now it's like, man, it's 
it's the hippest thing. Everybody wants oh, yeah. to do it. Yeah. Um, I would rather go backpacking somewhere and catch 10 inch fish on a dry fly all day long than have to beat somebody to death with my nine yeah. foot three weight. <laughs> 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 it encroaches on my stream, um, to catch stockfish. But anyway, so when I got down here, I always thought that I would straight up just fly only fly or die in salt yeah. water. So I set out to do that and then realized that I could take a zero spook <laughs> and smoke them. And I was like, man, there's a lot of windy days, especially sure. last year. It's down hard here. to fly fish in the wind. Yeah, and I just, for me, it's not like I mean I'm still using artificial, but like yeah. if I can go out there and catch a hundred fish over, you know, catching. I'm not against fly sure. fishing or anything, but yeah, of course that's what I gravitated to. So, um, you and I thought that redfish would be it, and once I discovered trout, man, I like big trout, big Shut. trout on top. Yes, we'll get to do that if you want. I'm down. Yep. I'm always down. So, always, fishing's always been my thing. But we were we were bass fishing on the road, and somebody said, like, yeah, grab some rods. So we did, and I remember Chris set the hook on like a five-pounder, and the line broke. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's like, don't you have like 50 bass combos at your house? And I was like, matter of fact, I do. <laughs> He's like, is there not a way we can uh, – we have a trailer now, dude. So yeah. literally went on, uh, I guess, uh, not wired to fish. Tackle warehouse. Went on tackle warehouse and and got some rod racks and and screwed them into the, nice. the frame of the ceiling of Hell the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like merch, speakers, and then eight rods. <laughs> Priorities, man. So I, whether it's a retention pond at a hotel, yeah, or we get invited to go, <laughs> you know, fish Lake Murray, uh, we're good to go. That's awesome. Um, so that's my plan for that that first weekend. Cool. Um, I've got to get Caitlin a bird. Yeah, this year. Um, so she got her first deer. Not to switch gears, but I y'all, saw that. y'all have to hear this story. Um, so we've been dating this long, and obviously for the first couple of years I was DNR, so I never had time to go hunt. Sure. And I was new down here, so I don't have a lot of hookups as far as land goes. Every time she's gone with me, the last couple of seasons, man, it's either been like all of a sudden unseasonably hot. There's mosquitoes out. Sure. We finally this year had the best. Well, she bow hunted last year, and there was a nice eight point like five yards too far for me to feel comfortable for her mm-hmm. slinging an arrow at it. So I was like, well, you know, hold off. This year, nice three-and-a-half-year-old seven walks out of the property we're at, and I was like, that deer needs – I mean, that's going to be a stud. I mean, he was a big deer, don't get sure. me wrong, but just he needs to be five-and-a-half, six-and-a-half years old. So I thought I was going to take the gun from her, man, because she was like She's about it. I was like, no. <laughs> She's like, I don't care. I was like, no. Nah. So he had a couple deer come out right at dark for the last day of season. Yeah last five minutes of light no way. not legal light, but like you know where i yeah. feel comfortable sure sure well within legal hours she's like i gotta wait eight months i mean i'm getting like an earful <laughs> yeah, of the tree stand and, and our buddy don that, that you've got to have on the podcast too, he's gonna be my pilot lawyer he was a retired major flucy 17 so was our dnr pilot he's the most interesting oh, cool. man in the world oh yeah yeah he's here in charleston um don had gone to a stand that we almost went to that we've set before and didn't see anything. Well, he ended up chopping one at like five o'clock. She's like, I knew I should have gone there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, it's all good. Like, I'm thinking in my mind, like, God, please, we just, I figured her first deer is going to be a monster. Right? Sure. And she all of a sudden I hear, there's a deer. I'm like, where? She's like, to my right. And I look and it's like 15 yards away. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I was I'm pretty sure it's coming, it happens so fast. It's coming in quick. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's a doe. And I was like, if you can ease your gun up, she'll. 243 i was like if you can ease your gun up look and see if it's got buttons on its head i'd rather not shoot a button buck yeah obviously and i'm looking through binoculars and i can't really see it's like well the way it's acting i'm pretty sure it's a doe just you know yeah being more cautious and it really was going pretty quick to where it was headed to but it turns broadside and it's like 25 yards and i'm like all right if you're ready if you want to shoot it yeah i want to shoot it i said okay it's like 
when you're ready. I wish it would sit still. <laughs> we all do. I said, well, that's, <laughs> yeah, a, think, that's think, the problem. Things we don't think about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you do it. We're so used to just, it. Man, yeah. boom, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, well, I can stop it. I said, or better yet, when you're ready, because I don't want to mess her up. I was like, when you're ready, you know, just grunt, take a deep breath, squeeze trigger. Mm-hmm. So make sure it's broadside and put it right behind that shoulder, you know. Well, deer turns directly away from us and walks in a straight line, like 85 yards. Oh, no. no. Stops, turns broadside, takes two steps, and puts its head down. And it's like, (laughs) that silent, right? So I'm on on glass on the deer, and I kind of like come off the glass to look at Caitlin because I'm like, oh, she's not here. Man! (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Deer looks up, I look up, Oh, wow. The deer jumps like five feet in the air. It's wheel bearing on the ground. She smoked the first deer. Nice. But I'm laughing so hard because I'm like, Caitlin, you don't have to. She's going to kill me for telling the story. But I was like, you don't have to grunt unless the deer's moving. moving. Yeah. You know, she's like, well, I, uh, I was like, but you hammered it. She's like, did I realize it? Yeah, yeah, congrats. You got your first yeah, you deer. I said, yeah, you know, yeah. but um, <laughs> it was so funny, though. I was like, you're good. She's like, well, I couldn't tell because I had the scope zoomed in. And she was like, you know, adrenaline gets the best. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Yep. So I've got to get her a turkey or she might leave me. You should definitely get her a turkey. Man, last year, we, our schedules never line up. That's the hardest part. Um, but last year, we had, we pulled into this property, after permission to hunt, and there's already a gobbler with a couple hens in the field. And it's late season. So, I mean, I was like, man, this is, they're getting pretty wise. We kind of put the Mohican sneak on the other side of the field. There's a pond between us and them. And yeah. I was like, well, they've been roosting above this tree line. So, I was like, if we didn't get busted, which I don't think we did, they should, in theory, move their way this direction. So I'd soft call every now and then. Well, more of the story, like three or four of the hens pitch up over the pond and land from you to me. Oh, shit. From Caitlin's gun barrel. Wow. And it was like, I could hear him. He's like, pop, 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 pop. you know, start flying. <laughs> they get up, boom, land. And it's, I mean, you know, they probably got 30 more minutes till they reach. And I'm like, at any minute, this guy was like, she's going, this thing's going <laughs> to land like five yards from her and she's going to take his head off. It's going to be <laughs> epic. <laughs> And they don't get big, obviously, for being stupid. I guess he yeah. went the other way, or he just oh, knew yeah. something. The whole entire flock came right in our laps. I mean, literally just except right there, except for him. Yeah. So, so this year, that's my my goal is to to get her one. I I got her a twenty gauge with a red dot on it, and I've oh, killed a bunch of turkeys with it. <laughs> 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 need, need to get her one. Yeah. Um, so other than that, man, we got that, and just shows in between for turkey. Cool. So, it's exciting. The uh, shotgun with the red dot is one of my favorite stories. It's like. You hear about it all the time, and like I don't own one, but I think about it because you can't really sight it in, but you can definitely, you know, get a pattern going and set the red dot to where that pattern is. Yep. And it, I think, it adds a lot too because you're not looking down the barrel with that little tiny bead. You got an actual optic to put it through. But yeah, so the one that's on hers, she, she has like a, a Benelli Montefeltro. It's in bottom land, and it's it's not drilled and tapped on top. It's actually on the shim, so oh, okay. it's like a burst speed big. It's just a reflex sight. Okay. It's a small sight, but you can actually look down the barrel of the gun. So if the sight fails, you're pretty much online. Yeah. Um, but the coolest part about that is that with these TSS loads now, I mean, within I mean, 15 yards, sometimes close to 20, you're pretty much shooting a dang golf ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, trust me, that's very easy to miss when, yeah. when yeah. they come in real close. I want to do uh, – I don't even want to talk about that, but we had an <laughs> unfortunate um, circumstance a couple seasons ago. But I realized that up front. I was like, man, how the heck? And it's just – I mean, yeah, should have should have aimed at the base of the oh, neck yeah. or the it body, happens. you know. But my very first shot I ever took on a turkey, uh, I set up with a buddy of mine on a road against two trees, and he was behind me calling. I was setting up in mm-hmm. front of him, and uh, they came – two 
two toms running down this this timbering this this timber road and just I mean hauling ass right at us and slowed up a little bit and came right up over and when they came up over this hill they were from here to the door and I had never shot at a turkey before and didn't really fully appreciate how tight the grouping is on a turkey load and I I I shot assuming that was close enough and in that general direction and I fucking missed both those turkeys from 10, 10 yards away, 10 feet away maybe. It was very frustrating. Learned that lesson though. Uh, and then my partner was pissed because he thought I should have assumed I should that I, he thought that I should have known to let them let one of them pass so that they would both be one in front of us and we could both shoot them. And I was mm-hmm. like, I, he was like, you know, the Texas two step. I'm like, Dude, I, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> right. Like, Two weeks ago, I didn't. I'd never turkey hunted before, so stop yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Andrew. His name is actually Andrew. Also, Andrew. Uh, I can't. What's his last name? Good job. Golly. I know it too. Spear. But Andrew Spear. Spear. Jeez. Spear. Andrew, if you're listening, thanks, buddy. He's, like a, tur- he's a turkey god. Andrew Spear. He like lives and breathes turkeys. Yeah, I feel like I know him for some reason. You might. I don't know, but he, the, he like, but the red dot. That's that's where it really shines. Oh yeah, is the up close and personal stuff because. I mean, man, they'll get you so turned around sometimes and tangled up, and you know you've been sitting there, and he pops. You think he's coming out here, and, and he pops, pops up, up over oh, here. Yeah. And think about the any of those, at least this reflex, is that no matter where your head's at, as long as that dot is where you're wanting the shot pattern to go, right? It's there. And yeah. the last where obviously a lot of people get fouled up. I'm sure I've done it before too. But sure. you know, you're not quite down the shotgun or something. The sight picture's not quite right. Yeah, and, yeah you can. And, and a lot of shotguns don't shoot point of aim either. Right, yeah, which is important to pattern, but it's hard to pattern when the damn shells cost you know twelve dollars a yeah. round. That's what you learn in a turkey shoot. You <laughs> don't shoot dead center. You shoot a little bit to the left, a little bit high, and then you get the bulk of that to the right because it's almost like the pellets come out and split. That was the thing the turkey I shot. He was pretty close. I don't know, I don't know, fifteen yards. And it, before I even pulled the trigger, I was like, I'm gonna miss. I, I just knew I was gonna miss. <laughs> So I aimed a little lower, like right where the neck the base, hits yeah. the body, which is really uh, where you're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. that's where you want to hold is as base of the neck yeah, okay um, but maybe i don't know you're on to something perhaps the next turkey shoot take a miger shell in there yeah oh we should yeah the stack we can load, cheat. like a three six is there like are there restrictions on ammo on those no. things no uh, yeah there is they give you their own it's just slug if you want to <laughs> <laughs> no, they give you your own shot they give you a shot oh uh, they shell. give it yeah, to you okay yeah, it, never mind like, that makes sense that yeah, way everybody's shooting the same yeah, bird yeah. shot or whatever yeah guys come in there with barrels like a as long as this table. It's crazy. <laughs> well, Rob Roberts did come out with a new turkey check. I'm waiting for mine to come in the mail. Really? So supposedly, it's like their claim to fame is everybody gets so wrapped around the axle on, oh, well, you want the solid hole that's being knocked out of the target. Whereas with, with their methodology, whether it's wing shooting or turkeys, is, well, we want an evenly dispersed pattern. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, yeah, I'll have to let you know. When I, when I get it, I'll shoot it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. We take you to a turkey shoot. There's, there's Matt, one on John's Island all the time. Did, were you, weren't you there at Matt's? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was. I, like, won, I, I won, missed that. I won all but one. God, <laughs> I kept telling him. I was like, I am a little top, a little left. Gave everybody. Told everybody. Had I, I remember him telling me that. Yeah, I but, ended up giving him prizes back because I felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I Shut started up. shooting upside down, like left shoulder, just to like you know. Tom napping it. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Uh, it was all luck, as that wasn't skill, but <laughs> it might be. I don't know. Don't tell anybody that. Yeah. Yeah. No, there, it was all skill. Might be the red dot, man. I'll bring the red dot out there next time. <laughs> should. Yeah. I'm down to try the red dot. But it does make it. And honestly, I started wing shooting with it, with her going, because I don't feel like taking it off. Because honestly, for from her perspective, when I'm not at the house or whatever, it's a very easy self-defense gun. Sure. So, I mean, there's, it's, it's pretty self-explanatory. Put that red dot right in that middle of that chest <laughs> yeah. and yep. pull until it stops. Yep. So, 
I started, uh, I heard you you could do it with it. I started duck hunting with it, man, and I was knocking them in the dirt. I was like, really? dang, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not really looking at the dot. It's just I'm looking at the dove, but either way, it's still the point of reference. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's done really well. You know, I've never been dove hunting. Really? No, isn't that weird? Oh, man, it'll humble you. I've got quail done, all kinds of stuff. I've never been dove hunting. That's Have you been? Dove shoots here. Uh, once a long time ago, and then since I lived here. Yeah. I know Matt goes all the time. Yeah. He has yeah. that veteran hunt, and they always forget to invite me to it. I have to keep that in mind. <laughs> I'd love to go on a dove hunt. I'll, it looks hot. Yeah, it can be for sure. So I found a life hack out on that. So my buddy Pat Shelby, <laughs> we showed up. At, so I do the dove tour every year. Um, I say the dove tour. I like putting on our own tours because we don't have anybody to do that for us. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, I've got a buddy of mine, um, Tyler Neal, that has me come out to his family farm in, in Chester, which has been a really cool thing. And then yep. my best friend, Oliver Berman at Foundation Retrievers. And we went to Anderson too. Um, but Patrick Shelby had uh, we actually played golf before the dove dove hunt, and he had this like Milwaukee fan, battery powered fan in the golf cart, and it was hot as crap, you know, in, in September. Yeah, it's like that genius. So I'm I'm sitting there, I'm, I see it for golf, right? And I'm like, okay, I'm tracking. And I'm a Makita guy, so um, I'm googling, and they do in fact have three different fans that are battery yep. powered. Yep. And uh, so we go to the dove hunt, and I was like, man, do you think – I'm just weird about this. I was like, you think this hat's going to flare birds because it was a little bit – whatever I had on was a little bit light color. He's like, dude, I've got a red fan out here with us. Yeah, right. <laughs> he has a fan right beside him, dove. I was like, genius. Smart. Real men of genius. Yeah. yeah. So I have, like, a, I have a Craftsman battery-powered fan with the big uh, four-ohm or whatever it is, or amp uh, battery. Ohm. I think it runs whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it runs for like four hours. Yeah. 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 We take it to the market because it's hot down okay. there, boy, yeah. in summer. We'll do it dove hunting too. Yeah, yeah, yep. I'm down for that. That's funny. Yeah, you have to. I, don't, I wish I had some hookups on that. If, if I do, I'll let you know. The main thing I need is somewhere I can deer hunt that's not an hour from my house. Living on James Island, don't we all? Yeah, I'm looking the same thing, man. It's yeah. hard, dude. It's I because I see deer leaving my neighborhood, and mm-hmm. then I know the guy that owns it's. It's if you look at James Island on a map, there's two parts that's all woods, and I know the guy that owns both of them off Riverland, off of Folly Road. Okay. Like right before you get to Folly Beach, it's on both sides yeah, of the road. It's all woods. And I see deer in there all the time, like just standing at the road eating. I used to work that area. I want to ask him so bad, like, do you care if I bring my bow in here? But I know they'll say no. He's yeah, like, good luck. He's angry. We caught some trespassers on there before. Um, kind of where you're talking about um, the wild. I want to hunt on Wadmala really bad. I drive out there to the camp. My son's in scouts. We drive, and there are deer all over in those woods, man. Forgot to tell you. Um, I may have a spot for all three of us at a place called Kiowa River. Turns out my neighbor that works at the Jasper, uh-huh. they're moving her down to Kiowa River to do all the event coordination there. The, the neighborhood? Yeah. With the, like the, yes. the goatery? Yeah. I don't know who you're talking about. I just saw her the other day at a show. Oh, did you? Yeah. Taylor? Yeah. No, never mind. It's not her song. Oh, Taylor. It's weird. I play at the Jasper. Chamberlain? Yeah. Chamberlain, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Taylor, they work together. Gotcha. Figure. I think nice. Taylor might be taking over the Jasper. I don't know, but yeah. Taylor, Taylor's moving down there. But that's it's, so. Does um, Taylor not? I'm sorry. Do you, does she not work for the Jasper? Or does she work for? She works for that company. I see. Sweet. She just yeah. happens to be assigned to the yeah. Jasper. Makes sense. Yeah. The, I get it. The big real estate company. Yeah. They. Uh, I don't want to say it, but they. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> just kidding. They've been good. No, we're trying to hunt there. I, <laughs> I like them. I'll take. I'll take it out. <laughs> just. No, they've been good. Us. Um, they have been very good. I want to say because they're in the news for, I'll just say, for oh, a, yeah, that's burning right. down John's Island. Somebody burned that's down right. all those apartment complexes. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was the same people. So, but anyway, uh, she was she was like, yeah, I know the guy that does, like, the deer man because they have fields out there, and they have to manage the deer yeah. with bows and arrows because they don't want the neighborhood, you know, pissed off. There's people hunting that close. Right. But, um, 
not a solid thing, but I think yeah, I could probably get us three in there. That'd be well, that's good. If if we have the conversation and any of the same people are involved, because I've had the same conversation with the lady that runs the goatery for sure and and manages the goats there. And then when we went back last year and camped with the with the Boy Scouts and the Cub Scouts, we camped there with the goats and then just did like volunteer service hours around the farm. And I've had that conversation about hunting and helping them with deer more than one occasion. And that property is massive. They're building in phases. So they've only built like the front phase. You know what's crazy is that piece of property I was looking at there, I want to say it was like 198, I think. For the lot? For the lot. And then you had to build a house within a year. Mm -hmm. And the house plans were like three something. And I was like, I can't drop $600,000 on a house. Right. That house that's there now is uh, $1.5 million. <laughs> Holy shit. And that was that was three years ago. Four years ago. <sighs> Dude, I'm trying to buy a house right now, and I don't want to talk don't. about it. No. Don't. Well, problem is, like, you can't find anywhere to rent. I was going to say, even if you uh, wanted to, where are you going to? In Georgetown. Yeah, I got a I mean, bedroom. Oh, man, it's, it is... Uh, <laughs> Aren't you a bedroom on James Island? <laughs> I should have listened. Like, well, I say that. I mean, Kate and I were in different places, you know, financially yeah, yeah. a couple of years ago, man. I mean, she just got out of school and um, for, for PA, and... Yeah, it's a great job, but it's a lot of a lot of debt. Yeah, and then uh, you know I, we lost everything on the music side. Man, I'm kicking myself so hard. I'm talking Georgetown, dude. Like two hundred thousand dollar house in Georgetown. Yeah, is like four hundred grand now. Wow, at a seven percent interest rate. I mean, rent's yeah, twenty twenty five hundred a month, man. So it's crazy. Yeah, it's, that's that's nuts. But yes, so yes, you should have bought that. <laughs> And then imagine the hunting possibilities. We wouldn't even be having this conversation. I know. I'd, I'd, I probably would have never. We probably have never done this because my life would have been totally different. There's no way I would have driven out here from Kiowa all the time. That was you could have just problem. had a studio there. Could have, but then he'd have to drive all out there from Mike's Corner. Oh, uh, true. Yeah. Have you been to Montana's and Goose Creek yet? No, I haven't. I you forgot all about it. Yeah. Oh, Montana's. It. Yes, I have yes. been there before. Okay. Uh, so I, I recall after we talked about that, I have been there. Um, years ago, I, I would, used to go there. So I had a supervisor that would take us out on Friday mornings for like a breakfast. Right. And we would go there and have breakfast. And I'm assuming it's the same place I think it is. Ne- is it next to a vet? Uh, no. Like in a little, okay, maybe I'm thinking of a different spot. They don't have breakfast. No, it's off of a Red Bank Highway. A red Road. Is, there a highway is it the road? one with all the beer signs out of front? Probably. It looks It looks like a hole in the wall from the outside, but dude, it is awesome. It's very like pro Okay. law enforcement, military bar. Their fried pork shop will change your life. <laughs> okay, Montana's. Um, I need a pen. I'll write that down. But I'm thinking, but, I'm thinking of somewhere else. But yeah, I wish I lived on Wapalaw, man. Like, and Caitlin works in Polly, so we, uh, you know, but the place has changed so much. <laughs> Speaking of all the, the funny names, when I was at that duck camp tour, everybody from Nashville, dude, thought I was like a made up character. Because, <laughs> <laughs> A, they're like, there's no way this guy talks and everything he says is not full of shit. Um, and there ain't no place way. called Wamalaw. Oh, dude, that, that that came up later. So Murphy Elmore, who just dropped a new single with the Lax, check check him out if you hadn't already. He's um, big outdoorsman as well. And he goes, "We're just in the duck blind." He goes, "I'm pretty sure Beam's a narc." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What?" He's like, "He's out here infiltrating the country music industry." He's like deep cover, dude. He even went so deep cover that he cut a couple albums. <laughs> it just kept going on. So it was the running joke the whole time. And then uh, we did a Rogers round at the end of it. And and my song, Wild Law Saturday Night, came up. And they're like, I said, that's uh, <laughs> the guy that trained me. It's from a place called Wild Law. And they're like, he's like, Beam, just stop it. Yeah, yeah, you're making so it I was up like, well, I live in McClellanville now. And they're like, what? And then I was like, well, it's this place in Mont's Corner. And like, <laughs> oh, shit. All the names oh, yeah. on here are really weird. That's for sure. Wamahalo. Yeah. All right, man. We did an hour and a half. I think yeah, that's, man. Uh, it's a great chat. It's 
It's great chat. Well, thank, thank you all for having me on again. Looking forward to, to this weekend. That is where I've been. <laughs> are you sure they don't? Are you sure they don't serve breakfast? I don't think so. I've never had maybe, maybe I went there for maybe I went there for lunch. I don't know, but I've definitely been there because uh, the vet where I take my dog is right like interesting, right next door. Anyways, sorry, it's all good. <laughs> but yeah, y'all be on be on the lookout though for uh, the money for nothing cover. Yes. Hopefully, it'll be out by yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll play it for y'all here in a second, and you'll see why. I hope it's out by turkey season. Nice. Um, I mean, it will be. It's just a matter of you kind of got to look and see. Now there's you have to plug the song on the the platforms way before it drops. Yeah. So I want to make sure we don't screw ourselves up like we did before and just trying to get it out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that should be out. I would, I would think no later than you can the first of April. Play it out here if you want. Um, are you allowed to play it now? Yeah, I can. Um, I don't, don't, I, don't I won't give the secret away. Oh, That's yeah. fine. Yeah, 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 no, we'll, 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 we'll stop the song's not what I mean. Everybody knows money for nothing by dire straits. But yeah. yeah. Um, there's a little Easter egg in there cool. for All everybody. Right. All right. So well, they can look um, forward to that. Yeah. Then we'll have the, uh, the five song or six song EP coming after that salt Creek sessions. And you're available everywhere. Available on all platforms, beam country on Instagram. Y'all make sure you drink the superior light beer known as Michelob Ultra. That's it. Shoot superior shotgun shells that are Migra. And, uh, we have, let's see, AOP prospects, North Orthotics. We got Marside motors. So we got a bunch of really good people behind us. The wedge plantation. Excellent. Charles Concrete in, in disguise, but they got some good stuff going on. But uh, most importantly, man, thank you all. And it's, no, thank you, man. About surround yourself with great people. That's yeah. it. Absolutely. And uh, rock and all. Toast to that. Yeah. And there ain't no pussies in the Hall of Fame. That's it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> all right, guys. I think that's it. That's it. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>